In today's show, we're here to talk tears, but it's power forwards today. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We just earlier did a small forward tier show. So of course, naturally, let's move on to talking about power forwards and to talk about power forwards and tiers. I'm joined by Matt Smith once again. Matt, welcome back. Hello, Josh. I thought you were going to play my sound drop then. Oh, you know what? Where is it? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find it. It's because uh, I've, I've changed my sound drop setup, so now I just completely, completely skipped my mind. Here we go. Ah, Smitty. That's right. That's usually my cue to speak, so that's why there was that awkward silence. Oh, there. It'll be better for the center show, I promise. I'll, I'll get that. I'll get back on track with that. But we're here to talk power forwards, Matt. We did small forwards earlier. We're gonna do centers later on. Today, let's talk power forwards. You can hear us discuss what tiers are on the point guard show and on the small forward show, so I don't need to get into it here. So let's talk tier one of the um, tier one of the uh, of the power forwards, and it is, of course, Giannis Actually, actually, Basil, it's Yanni Atacumpo. Matt, he's in tier one. Where would you take him in a draft? Ah, uh, dear. Um, head to head, I've still got Jokic, Harden, Curry top three, and then Lillard and Townsend changeable at four and five. So for me, he's sort of six and seven with probably Luca In a rotisserie league, he's probably down a little bit further because that free throw percentage is just so hard to swallow and come back from. Um, so, yeah, I know you probably like him. I think you said at three in a head-to-head yeah. league. Yeah, I, I, between th- three and four to me, like Jokic at one. Uh, and then you Curry, Harden, Giannis in the two, three, four zone. You can flip those guys around. In, in Roto, I agree. I'd probably push him towards the end of that first round just because, again, coming back from that is really tough. But it gets to a stage where even if you do drop him down, you still have to recover from that free throw. So I, I'd really hate to be in that position. And, you know, I'd probably consider like a Beal or a Tatum even ahead of Giannis in a, in a Roto league. In a points league, he's going one or two. I don't have too much concern about that either. Yeah, and in a Roto league, like if you can get Giannis and then someone like a Trey Young... I mean, that's a really good start to, to get you back um, towards being, you know, competitive in that free throw percentage. Yeah, and you, uh, you got Jimmy Butler, you got Paul George in that second round who can sort of help to at least balance that, bring it to like you say, you get a sore of a five or six in that category, then you're pushing it up to a seven and eight, and that does help depending on how you deal with the rest of, of your draft there as well, as long as you don't go out and then grab Zion Williamson in round two or round three, because then that's going to make it really tough for you to be able to do anything with that. But that's an, uh, Giannis is in tier one. That's not a surprise. In tier two, Anthony Davis, um, this time last year, Matt, this guy was like you know, top three pick. And not only was he hurt, but he was also not good in relative terms when he actually played. When I talked to the Lakers guys on the podcast last week, I think it was, they said, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads this team in scoring. So are we under undervaluing Anthony Davis, do you think? I mean, we could be a little bit. He He's the standout player sort of in that, start of the second round who can easily jump back into the mm. top top 10 we we know we know because he's done it before and like you said this time last year he was a top three top four pick I think I had him at two yeah I had him at two as um, well. and 
I know people scream out for, for dynasty content and, and we're working on some stuff for the site, but this is why it's so difficult because this time last year, Anthony Davis was a top five lock for the next, you know, five, six years. And now 12 months later, and he's already out of the first round. So, um, yeah, the lack of rebounds, um, the free throw efficiency has come back a little bit. Um, big drop in, in points. Blocks um, dropped off. Really, sorry, mate? His blocks dropped off as well. Yeah, blocks dropped off. It's going to be really interesting, to, that little yeah, Davis-LeBron-Westbrook title for who leads the scoring on the Lakers. That's going to be a, a really close one. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Westbrook. Um, but it'll be interesting to see exactly does Westbrook just take even more assists, or no, assists, even more rebounds away from Anthony Davis this year? Does his efficiency return? I think yeah, I'd happily take a flyer on him at that turn-type area. Probably ahead of a guy like a Jimmy Butler, but behind a Paul George. That's sort of the area that I would take him. Because again, there is he could. Look, if we came back next year and said, "Man, we we were surprised that Anthony Davis ended up number one again." I, that's that's not a great. It's not a great shock if he ended up as number one. Whereas I can't say that Jimmy Butler or Trey Young or Chris Paul or Bam Adebayo, they're not going to be the number one player. But Anthony Davis could be. Yeah, he could be. But then he could also. He could get injured and sit out a month, and then you're really, really, really in a deep hole. It was 39th last year, which is absolutely shit house, and that's on a per game basis. So uh, yeah, there is a scope for him to completely, uh, completely destroy your season. Unfortunately, although I'm not that worried about the Achilles that that cost him time last year, I think you'll be fine. But there's always going to be some bullshit with him. Just the thing, another thing, just not to harp on Davis too much is prior to last season, Matt, he'd been healthy for like four years in a row. He played big games. He played like 62 in the bubble season. He played, I think, 50 or 60 in the season before that. But that was the year where they, the Pelicans sat him out because they were going to trade him. So that wasn't injury related. And he played 75 in two consecutive seasons before that. So he'd been good for four years in a row injury-wise. And the last year was a disaster. But maybe it goes back. We will see. Tier three. Julius Randle. Demontis Sabonis sit there in tier three. Very similar players in terms of being good scorers who don't give anything in defensive stats but provide high out-of-position assists. In a mock draft, I took them at 24 and 25 back-to-back in a draft where I had Jokic at pick one. So I just really, really lent into big men who could pass. Um, Do you think Sabonis gets a boost with the TJ Warren news? Maybe slightly, but I think it's going to be you know, go through him, go through Malcolm Brogdon, go through Karis Levert, maybe Miles Turner. I don't think it's going to be one player in particular. Um, Sabonis, um, great scorer as well around the basket, super efficient. Julius Randle, not so much. So just a little bit of a difference there, depending on what you're looking for. But like you said, both really good scorers, really good passes. Um, I think Randle will take a slight step back this season with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier coming along. Um, But yeah, I don't think their value is going to, differ too much um, either way from this range. If you've got that problem where you've got just too many remotes sitting around at home and you want one place where you watch live sport and then you watch other shows in another area, then you've got to watch stuff on your phone and you've got to get, borrow your neighbor's login for something. It's all over the shop. Too many remotes, too many different services. I've got the product to tie it all together for you and that is Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand TV together for the first time in the one place. So you can watch your favorite shows, sports, and movies all together. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Tier 4, Matty. Zion, Draymond, Pascal Siakam. 
per game basis. Kristaps Porzingis per game basis. So that, that's where we're looking at these guys. Now, I think Draymond slides a lot in drafts and Zion probably goes higher than this in a lot of spots. Um, and you can get, people saw this in the points league draft. I think I drafted Siakam at pick 100. Now, I know there's worry about him missing the start of the season and that's fine. And I normally won't draft an injured guy who's beginning the season hurt, but it's an upper body injury. And if you get him at pick 100, I'm happy to do it. And Porzingis was wildly underranked on Yahoo. They made an adjustment, pushed him up to 30, which is probably where I want to steer clear. What are you looking at with this group? There's obviously big deficiencies. Draymond can't score. Zion can't hit free throws. Porzingis can't stay healthy. And Siakam's hurt. So they're all in this weird area where you can make negative cases against all of them. Yeah, they are. And this is, um, I guess, the perfect way to describe a tier and how players of different skill sets come together. The overall value comes around the same point. But if you want good scoring, you take Zion. If you want the out-of-position assists, um, and some steals and blocks. You take Draymond Green, Porzingis. I read somewhere from Jason Kidd the other day that he thinks he's in for a really, really strong season. Um, can he stay healthy? We don't know. Pascal Siakam got his injury concerns as well. So, um, yeah, um, overall, I think I'm I'm staying away from, from these four. I don't mind Zion, especially in a points league. I think he's a first-round guy there. I've got no problem with drafting Zion really in any spot. Porzingis and Siakam slide a lot, so I think you can get value from both of them. And, and I, as much as I, I don't want to phrase it this way that I agree with Jason Kidd because I pretty much don't on anything, but I do think Porzingis is going to have a much better season than what he had last year. And I would not be surprised on a per game basis. We talked about you wouldn't be surprised to see Anthony Davis at one on a per game basis. I wouldn't be surprised to see Porzingis in the top twenty. I wouldn't predict it, and I wouldn't project it, and I wouldn't take him there. Wouldn't take him anywhere near that. But if he ended up as a top twenty player, Matt, I don't think it'd be a huge surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise at all. And, you know, he could be, you know, at, at some stage even pushing into the top 10 in that Joel Embiid range, but we just haven't seen it. And the poor bloke just can't stay healthy and, and get on the court for a consistent period of time. So that's the pros and cons that you have to weigh up when you're targeting these players and when you're doing your draft preparation. Am I going to take Chris Stubbs, Paul Zingas or not? And if so, where? Exactly. And you have to sort of work out. And again, he does generally slide and you can probably get him like in it where these tier six guys that we're going to talk about soon, where they end up. You can get him in that 50, 60, 70 type range a lot of the time. Um, tier five, there's one guy that sits there on his own. It is the thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Do you see you know, Simmons getting, well, if Simmons is traded, which appears like it's going to happen, does that result in a significant bump for Harris, do you think? Um, not really. I'd love to see who, who they get back in the deal, but Tobias Harris, I'm sorry to say it again, but a very, very boring fantasy player. Um, doesn't give you a big boost in any particular category. His strongest category in our projections is actually free throw percentage, which actually tells you how average he is in everything else. So, um, very similar yeah, probably, to probably more suited to roto legs and head to head legs as well for that reason. Very similar to when we discussed the small forward tiers, and we're talking Chris Middleton and Brandon Ingram. Like they're just. They're just sort of doing what they're going to do. Like, I don't really see upside or downside necessarily. I agree. I don't think he takes a giant step forward if Simmons is traded because someone good will probably come back in that deal. And he just sort of sits where he is, which is absolutely reliable in that third to fourth round range without much upside or downside, which no downside can be a pretty good thing. Tier six. Again, looking on a per game basis here. John Isaac, John Collins, Christian Wood. John Collins is remarkably ranked outside the top 100 on ESPN. That's obviously insane. Isaac is ranked 270th or 240th on Yahoo, which is obviously insane. Um, but we have the worries with Isaac with the knee and the limits and the back-to-back. So I would draft both of these guys, Collins and Wood, ahead of John Isaac just because of the uncertainty. To be on a per-game basis, I think 
if he was healthy, Isaac is the best of that group. Yeah, he is. And those elite defensive numbers um, are incredible. Slightly lack of scoring and, and the field goal percentage in particular um, isn't great from a power forward um, centre spot. John Collins and Christian Wood um, like both of those guys and think we can get a little bit of a discount on them heading into the season. So um, if you've missed out early or if you need a, a second big man to complement a Towns or an Embiid or someone like that, Anthony Davis maybe, then they're two really good options. Christian Wood's efficiency fell right off last year as well. I think he shot like something like 62% from the free throw line when in Detroit he'd been a 72% guy. So there's a chance that he all of a sudden becomes a good free throw shooter again and then his value spikes back up. Um, I think there is a risk that he is traded at some point this season, uh, but he's going to be pretty good. I just don't think he's going to have the high-level usage that he had last season, and that's why he's in this area, whereas Collins' role, it doesn't really change from where it was a year ago, and this is about the, the, the spot, I think, for him. Tier 7 of power forwards. The Thad Young one is interesting. You've got Thad Young, PJ Washington, Chris Boucher, and Jeremy Grant. Again, a bunch of different sort of players. Young, I... I don't know where he's going to play. Every Spurs person I seem to read, they they they're talking rotations and lineups. They're just like, we're not including Young there. Like we, we he's just not going to be on this team. They have 17 guaranteed contracts, so they need to get rid of two guys. One of them is going to be Aminu, but I don't know who the other one's going to be. They just think Young is going to be dumped somewhere, and that somewhere might be uh, to your Phoenix Suns, Matt. So he is very much up in the air, depending on where he ends up. Yeah, definitely, and I have heard those. Um, sort of rumours um, with the Suns sniffing around, but who knows? I think wherever he goes, obviously it's going to depend on playing time, but when, if the playing time comes, then he's a steals and field goal percentage guy in particular. PJ Washington, um, useful for threes. Chris Boucher, just a roller coaster right last season. His, his best was, was really, really good. Um, and then his worst at times, he was almost droppable. And Jeremy Grant started off really strong and then faded towards the end of the season. Um, so we'll see. I'm not not super sold on, on Jeremy Grant um, no, this season, but you know, at this point, yeah, if you need some scoring, then maybe give it a go. Yeah, look, he will score okay. Um, hopefully, he gets some of his defensive numbers back now that Cade Cunningham's there to take a little bit of the load off him offensively. But he really, really fell off as the season went on, Jeremy Grant, as he just could not sustain that level of usage and level of efficiency. It, it was always going to come crashing down, and it came crashing down pretty hard. And Boucher... Yeah, I don't think he's in line for 30 minutes. Yeah, they've got Ken Birch as Precious Achua in there. Look, Siakam will be out, so he'll get some minutes at the four early on this season, which will help him, um, but he will continue. Look, there's no reason to think that the roller coaster of Chris Boucher and his minutes will change with Nick Nurse still being the coach and Chris Boucher still being Chris Boucher. Like, I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon with uh, the, the players that they have there. He doesn't have unfettered access to 30 minutes a night or anything along those lines. Tier eight, one guy sits here. And this just shows some, I guess, lack of depth in the power forward position because we're at tier eight and we're talking Jaden McDaniels, a guy that might have like legitimately single digit usage percentage uh, given the players that he's playing around. I think that he does start. Um, we've seen Chris Finch might play him a little bit at the three as well. That's a possibility, but he should get pretty decent minutes, bring value in hitting threes and getting defensive stats. But just in terms of absolute usage or volume of scoring, it's just really hard to get there with him, Matt. Yeah, it's not going to go through him because you've got Carl anthony Towns, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards eating first. So um, hopefully, you know, Jade McDaniels can, you know, hit down, a, hit a three occasionally. I think the defensive numbers, the rebounds, blocks, can he get around a steal, 1.2 steals per game, that's the which key. will really boost his value. Um, and that's where his value is going to lie. So 
important young piece and a really good young piece. So really looking forward to see what McDaniels can do this season. I'm looking forward to seeing you eat a built bar finally, Matt. We're going to get you a box of mint brownie. Send we're, me one. We're going to. I, I, if I could, if I could get them easily, I would send it. It's it is an actual actual hassle for me to get them, but that doesn't mean you guys who are in the United States or Canada can't get yourself or avail yourself of a brilliant box of built bars. They are the best tasting protein bar ever. There's so many great flavors, and I know you're all salivating like Matt is over there in Adelaide, waiting for built bars to finally ship out to Australia. You can get these great flavors. They're not just delicious; they're actually good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Uh, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and 130 to 180 calories per bar. Unbelievable stuff. And you can get them for 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So go to built.com, find your box, get your mix box, get your limited edition flavors. I think they brought out a new limited edition one today as well. Go and get what you want, put it in the cart, use the promo code LOCKED15 and save 15%. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. Football season's ready to go. College football has started. Pro football is it's probably already started by the time you are listening to this. So the place to place your bets is at Bet Online. Bet Online has all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. So make sure to take advantage if this game hasn't passed of their opening night super special mega promo, whatever it's called, mega bet on the game between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose. Your bet will get refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Let's go through the rest of these power forwards now, Matt. We are at tier nine. Larry Nance Jr. and Truma Akiki. Now, I was speaking earlier to the host of Locked On Magic podcast, Philip Rossman Reich, and he was saying that he's not convinced that Akiki's going to start. He thinks they might put Gary Harris in there at the three to get some veteran presence in that starting lineup. Uh, Akiki was really good last season. We don't expect him to have that usage that he had down the, the end of last season, and Nance is probably going to come off the bench as well. Another indication that the power forward position thins out pretty quickly. Again, we're talking about two potential bench power forwards here. But with Isaac likely to miss some time, yeah, Kiki's going to get some starts. So they are interesting guys, but I wouldn't say they have necessarily the highest upside. No, they don't. And Kiki in particular doesn't do anything game-changing. So for head-to-head leagues, I don't think if you if you do miss out, I'm not going to be too disappointed. Um, Larry Nance Jr. Um, moving over to Portland. Once again, um, some good defensive stats, some good rebounds. But it's all about playing time. So, yeah, two guys whose role we need, really need to watch through training camps and then into um, the preseason. Do you think there's any chance that Nance, say, starts and they put Covington and Nance together and bring Powell off the bench? I wouldn't think so. Um, I think Nance is probably better suited to being that backup 3-4. I'm not convinced about how many minutes Cody Zeller will play. Um, so, yeah, I think the power Covington... Nurkic starting lineup is is probably the best one on paper with Nance, yeah, being that backup four or five. Yeah, that's how I see it going as well. I am going to be doing the Blazers season preview podcast in the next day or two, so we'll uh, we'll talk to uh, locked on Blazers host Mike Richmond about the uh, the idea of that as well. Let's go to tier ten. Dorian Finney-Smith and Pat Williams. Dorian Finney-Smith, just boring as shit, who will go out there, play his role. He'll you know, hit some threes. He does some defensive stuff. He rebounds all right. Well, Patrick Williams, 
much like Jaden McDaniels, he's just really never going to touch the ball with DeRozan, Vooch, Lonzo, and Zach Levine starting alongside him. But he can bring some defensive numbers. And again, these are players who can just be solid at that position, but I'm not really sure that the upside is there. No, it's not. And probably two guys who throughout the season in standard leagues who you'll get through your roster and stream them when you need be, but I don't think they're going to offer enough um, for any length of time um, to be a consistent um, part of any standard league roster. No, look, there'll be guys that you bring in and out and maybe you solidify them in playoffs when their schedule makes sense. But yeah, the upside is relatively low for these guys. Tier 11, we've got Bobby Portis, Isaiah Roby, Marcus Morris Sr. and Rui Hachimura in this group. To me, see what you think with this, man. I think Roby is the best upside guy there because there is a clear path for him to start in Oklahoma City ahead of Derek Favors or if Favors is sent home or if Favors is injured. Morris is going to get more usage with Kawhi out, but we have seen Morris play in high usage roles before. It worked in New York. It didn't work in Detroit or Boston in terms of fantasy value because he does very little else. Um, and then Rui, again, one of those, yeah, actually not that dissimilar to Marcus Morris who just needs a ton of usage and a ton of minutes to generate fantasy numbers. Yeah, I like Roby as well and think him and Pekusevsky, um can be you know, really sneaky sort of late-in picks. Um, I'm not sure about Darius Basley, and, I, yeah, Derek Favors will either A, get injured, or B, get rested at some point. Um, they're not going to play him, you know, 28 to 30 minutes a night across 70 games, so that's mm-hmm. going to open up some playing time and opportunity. Um, Rui Hachimura, good scorer. That's about it. Marcus Morris scoring on threes, and Bobby Portis um, if you need some rebounds. What do you think about Hachimura in Washington? They... Of course, brought in Kyle Kuzma in a deal. There's Denny Avdia, who's returning from his fractured ankle. So do you think Rui plays as much as last season? Definitely not. No, it's that front court looks deep without, like, it's deep, no, but it's, it's, not deep. Good, good, it's not good deep, though. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, Batans, Harrell, no, Thomas Bryan yeah. has to come back at some stage. Daniel Gafford, Rui, there's, what, six bodies there who I've listed off, maybe seven who can all sort of go through those positions. So... I'm staying right away from um, the Wizards front court. Can't wait to talk Wizards uh, when we do the preview of that because it is a very, very confusing roster. Um, last tier of power forwards, Aaron Gordon and Cameron Johnson. Now, there will be people who want to buy into Aaron Gordon and go, well, Jamal Murray's out. Well, when Jamal Murray went down last year, Gordon wasn't good. He didn't improve. He actually got worse somehow. And while, yes, he was on a new team and now he gets a camp with these guys in a preseason, he could have some improvements. He's just, Matt, we talked about this last year. He's just consistently been an underwhelming fantasy guy and now he's in a worse spot than he was last year. He is, and super boring. If you're in a standard league at the end of the draft, don't even bother drafting Aaron Gordon because you're going to drop him in the first week or two anyway. Cam Johnson, really like mentioned in the small forward tier, so I'd like to see a bit more of him over Jay Crowder this season. Um, Really good shooter. We saw some of that in the playoffs, high field goal percentage. And Cam is also does have a a nice defensive game, so I think the steals and blocks can improve. Um, It's just around playing time and consistency for Cam. But I think he is one guy who will be on rosters um, for a length of time, maybe not for for four to six weeks, but can give you a couple of weeks worth of production. And then you can move on to the next um, hot free agent. Yeah, I'm not as high on Johnson. I just, I'm not sure that he's going to push more minutes than Crowder. Maybe he does, but that's what he needs. He, he gets to 28, 29 minutes and sure, yeah, I'm in. Like, he's going to hit threes. He's going to do it efficiently. He can rebound the ball at a pretty high level as well. I'm not sure they're going to do that, but we will see. And especially if they get Thad Young, that really throws uh, yeah. 
throws a bit of a spanner into the works of the minutes that he is going to get. Matt, that'll do it for us for Power Forwards. We'll be back later on. Don't know when, but soon. To talk center tiers, the last of our positional tiers podcast. You can find Matt on Twitter at SManSports. I'm going to do the honors for you today. You can find me at RedRock underscore B-Ball. Matt, I'll see you at the in the center show. Thank you, Josh. See you there. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Well, if you're on YouTube, thumb it up, ring the bell, leave a comment, share it, subscribe, all of that stuff. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.